Welcome to a full, full, one of the rare full after hours. It's my real treat for this first hour to have two people uh, about whom I've written and about whom I have uh, soaring admiration. Frank Sennett has been in a million media jobs, haven't you? Not yeah, a million. Getting close, yeah. It's getting close. You'll do that next. Uh, Frank is out with a new novel, his uh, first novel since uh, the... Uh, master's degree in uh, Montana. It is called Shadow State. It's already getting very good reviews. There's a long piece in today's Tribune for those 400,000 of you who still get the print edition of the Tribune on Sundays. A stunning, stunning number to me. John Sauce, about whom I've written also in a Sunday uh, arts and entertainment section, is having his new show it is a photographic show, but it is so much more than that. Hi, guys. I'm gonna, I, I knew you guys. I'm surprised you two had never met before. I kind of felt an immediate kindred connection, though. Why? A creative, yeah, the creative community of Chicago? He's just a likable-looking guy. You know? <laughs> we, we know so many people in common. Yeah, no question, especially yeah. Tony Fitzpatrick, who I hope is listening. And no, Tony, you don't have to call. We, we, know, <laughs> we know who you are, and we love you. Uh, Frank... He, it's been a long time since you've written a novel. Yeah. Um, I had uh, written last in the aughts, um, and a couple of novels that I'd written in grad school that I had to kind of punch up a little because somebody called me and said, do you have any available? And then I wrote kind of a romance novel that didn't end up getting published uh, traditionally. Um, so it's been a while. Yeah, it's been. And then 10 years since my last book, which is the Groupon book. And I'm really glad to be back doing fiction. What compelled you to sit down and write this? Well, I've been having this idea for several years. Um, this one line came into my head. Maybe this, you know, jibes with you as an artist to a certain degree. You get an image. You get some just a little thread. And it was the the sentence is uh, three words: pain is information. Hmm. And I just kept thinking, I want to start a novel with that sentence. And I was able to start the second. Uh, portion of the book right but not they couldn't make it work at the beginning but i'm like well what kind of person would think something like that you know somebody who'd probably dealt with a lot of pain somebody with probably some advanced military training and analytical ability uh to work through being tortured and you know and all of a sudden this guy rafe hendrix started to uh yeah i'm dropping my phone i'm so excited uh started to come into focus and um and then i thought well here's the Thank you, sir. Uh, here's the way to kind of loop it in is like, okay, the other thread was assassinations uh, being recreated, you know, infamous assassinations. Writing a novel is incredibly difficult. When you sit down, do yeah. you sit down with notes, with a plot, and are you determined to finish it, or do you just start writing, hoping, hoping that it comes to fruition. Well, this was the, the fourth one, so I figured I'd be able to finish it. But but I don't start with a full plot. Um, one of my favorite writers, and actually when I subbed in here uh, on a Labor Day one year at WGN uh, for a shift, I had him on the air. It was a real treat for me. Lawrence Block, sure. the uh, crime novelist. Sure. Uh, wrote the Matt Scudder books, and one of the things that he always champions is to sit down and 
just let the characters tell the story. Mm-hmm. And I came out to Chicago in part because of Players Workshop of the Second City, improv training, all that, wanting to you know become an improv guy. So it was very appealing to me. And that's really my process. I had about three pages. I had a notebook with the various lines and notes in yeah. it. And then I just let these guys tell me what they want, where they want to go, what they want to do. And I think as a reader, you know, tight plotting is fantastic. It's fine. But as a reader, you're more likely to be surprised when it's told more organically. But I'll tell you, once I get the draft done, it's like, you know, building the railroad across the country and finding out that they're, you know, I'm doing the hand. The the, the tracks are like 10 feet apart. Uh, I had to go back, of course, because there's all sorts of plot holes at that point, things that don't make sense. And and so the revising becomes really, really significant with that process. But I was, you know, I was glad to do it. John, when you started your artistic adventure, you did not start as as a would-be artist did you you were right entirely unintentional yeah you would find things on the beaches Mm -hmm. you would bring them home you would put them together in some kind of fashion whatever if you found you know eight cigarette lighters you'd make a little thing with eight cigarette lighters and other stuff never with the intention of becoming as tony fitzpatrick has sort of made you twisted your arm to be an artist how does it feel to be having your second show? Because I think that first show was such a success at the Dime, at the Dime Gallery on Western Avenue that you think of yourself as an artist now? Well, this is coming up on Friday. This is the third show. Uh, there was one pre-pandemic, one after the pandemic, and then this one is third time around. So um, the... So the answer, Rick, is yes, I'm an artist. (laughs) Well, you know, I Tony will will tease me about that a word, yeah. uh, Which um, you know, I feel like I'm a work in progress. Like I just took a photography class for the last four months to get a better handle on actually how to make good images or better images because I can sort of see that I have a lot to learn and a long way to go wow interesting uh these two men will be on the program for the rest of this hour they will ask each other questions i will ask them questions i will comment and uh, you will listen and then you will buy shadow state which is easy to buy go to a bookstore that's what i recommend always yeah yeah always go to a bookstore but if you're you know disabled uh go online and buy it through amazon yeah or if you like to re- listen to audiobooks it's an audio too so you like the audiobook i like i listen to a lot of audiobooks yeah i really like it but uh, I, I also still have a lot of hard covers and stuff you know paper or buy the book and this friday go to 1513 northwestern avenue to see the opening and the openings at tony's galleries are always mm-hmm. fun and crowded and buy John's work. So we'll keep selling uh, after a short break. John Sauce, one of my guests, uh, travels by bicycle, usually uh, the lakefront, and he picks things up. He picks up bird feathers, shotgun shells, knives, silverware, glasses, light bulbs, squirt guns, Legos, cigarette lighters, toys, dolls, fireworks, golf balls, bones, Wallets. He gave me a little piece of stone today that is not going to make it into any of his mm-hmm. work because I'm going to keep it. Uh, 
do these things dictate to you, Jen? You take them home, you have a bag, and you put these things that you find in the bag, and you take them home and clean them up and look at them. And how does that translate into these creations of yours? Usually, after I put everything out on a table, I'll, I don't really know what to do with it or how it's going to fit together, so I just start. I take one piece and I put it huh. usually in a corner or in the center, and then I just sort of work around that until it becomes something that sort of makes sense to me. Hmm. Do you, do you title? I don't remember. Do you title your work? I title it after I'm done. Like everything in this show coming up um, at Tony's Galleries, everything has a title. Uh, a lot. Of, they all came from after I was done and I looked at them and I tried to figure out what it means or what it could relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some of those with me. Um, but it's that's actually, I think, the the funnest part of the process because then it puts things into context and if when people come to the show they're not just looking at this square image of a bunch of stuff of random beach. random stuff they see the title and then i think that guides them a little bit to sort of maybe come to their own conclusion about how the words and the objects go together what do you think about that frank well, I think it's wonderful. I mean, in the publishing world, I came up with uh, titles, submitted the book as the uh, the secret assassin, and uh, and of course they immediately said, "Well, you know, uh, thanks, but uh, we think we could do better than that." So it's a shadow state, which which I like. But I, I like the idea that you know maybe titling your own work is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John, describe describe these things. I'm doing a terrible job of doing it. Well. Um, it started out as a square, uh, a square shape, because my sister convinced me to open an Instagram account. And back then, everything on Instagram was a square. So that was the template. So I had to take whatever I'd found, and usually with a couple of rulers or um, like an outline that I cut out with scissors, I would. I then had my my sides my four sides and i just tried to take everything i've found on that particular day and i was determined that it would all fit into the square yeah Yeah. well one of the things that i think you uh not to interrupt but to bring to mind that maybe people don't understand about art is that sometimes giving yourself a parameter a limitation really frees you up in some ways um, when I went to grad school, my mentor at the time said, learn how to write a genre novel. There's like 12 beats, write a mystery, write a Western, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then you'll learn the form and you'll kind of stay within that in the same way that Instagram is a square. So I'm going to work with a square. But you can do limitless things, you know, or like with a haiku form or, you know, a, right. a, a right. villanelle or what it might, whatever it might be. So I'm fascinated that that was part of what drove your process. Yeah, and I eventually figured out that even though it's a it's a square shape that if i want to make a circle there's no one's going to stop me from making a circle it still fits in within a square so i love the fact that your sister who sort of spurred this whole endeavor on Mm -hmm. is the person who all the coins people are saying they're going hey man didn't you find any money on the beach all the coins and bills you might have found at the beach you sent to her 
I love that. For Christmas, yeah. yeah. I love that. How much was it at the end of a year, well, roughly? Well, I, I think I might have texted you a photo of this one, but two <laughs> years ago on uh, winter solstice, I was... Um, I had a day off work. It was too close to Christmas to work, and I, it was nice enough out to go outside. So I took a drive way down to the South Shore, and walking in an area that used to have higher water, the water had gone down that year, found a $100 bill wow. uh, amongst all the crud. So that was the big money score of, of my whole uh, career doing this. A drug deal gone wrong. Oh, oh certainly, yeah. <laughs> I- with this novel coming out, Frank, I know a lot of people uh, who you like and admire have read it already and have good things to say. Is there? I remember, John, the way you were before that first show. Uh, you were anxious and nervous and uh, unsure. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, Frank? Yeah, I. Uh, this is the best reviewed piece of anything that i've ever done and so and thank you and thank uh, neil steinberg and everybody i did not expect that and uh i'm so pleased you know i mean but yeah you're working in the dark you're working alone you don't know how it's going to be received and you have some people in your family or friends maybe reading pieces uh once you put it out in the world you know i've gotten some bad reviews for things i mean i think the groupon book was very unevenly reviewed you know some really good ones some really that was know, a good book though. well thanks it was but, a sort of the inside story about the yeah. rise and fall of uh, the chicago internet they had some Darwin. offices in this very building at that time um before, really? yeah before wgn came over but uh anyway that doesn't enrich uh, my appreciation no. of the building at all but, <laughs> but still it's a fun fact but it, it's a it's a great feeling to actually put it out in the world and have a positive reception. You know, you can't be driven by that because it's even with this. I'm sure there's some you know uh, two by four waiting to hit me in the face at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to please everybody, but it, it is a, I, to me it's a nice feeling. Um, well, I think you can't be driven by it, right? But you can't help but be impacted by positive feedback because, like you said, we work alone yeah me at my work table you at your desk Mm -hmm. and when when there are people that we respect who like what we do that i think helps you to kind of keep going yes it's validating it makes me feel like okay i've got the second one started i'm gonna finish this one yeah and it's empowering no question about it yeah and and i think with a mass-produced piece which does happen in art with you know lithographs and everything but with a mass-produced piece like a novel um you really want word of mouth and so getting that coverage getting that word out there you know most publishing companies certainly my publishing company we don't have a big marketing budget to buy ads in the new york times you know 100 grand or in the yeah. tribune or whatever it would be 20 grand or something uh, so we need that in order to try to get it out there i mean it could be the best thing in the world and if nobody knows about it you know, it's a big uh, trombone, it, it, sad trombone. You it know? vanishes. It vanishes. John, have you sold every piece at your two previous shows? I have been surprised that I would often <clears throat> sell enough in the first day or so to pay for everything that I had put into it. And um, Talk about for a second the yeah. way these – it's a, another Tony Fitzpatrick uh, – Invention. Uh, they're not just photographs. They are photographs on right. aluminum or something. <clears throat> when he first asked me to do it, I was talking to printers about 
you know, printing these things on good quality paper, and then I had to talk to framers about yeah, how yeah, to yeah. frame them. And Tony said he he name checked two artists that he really liked and admired. I can't remember their names, mm-hmm. but he said that they would print their pieces on aluminum. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't familiar with it. So uh, I looked into that, and he kind of said, hey, this should be your aesthetic for for this first show. And it's, it is, it's a photograph. It's printed right on an aluminum panel. It's a recycled panel. I will tell you, it's incredibly striking. The first time I saw them, I was really blown away. It, it, it really, there, there's something really vibrant about, about it. And yeah. it also uh, has a hanging mechanism on the back of it, so you don't have to go to a frame shop. Right, 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 and right. And spend right. $400 to, to frame a piece because it, you just hang it right in the wall as is. Love Once that. again, these two uh, wonderful guys are Frank Sennett, who is having a party to which the public, that is you listening, is invited. 5.30 at Club Lago, at um, a place where Frank and I have started to hang out a bit and eat green noodles for lunch. Uh, it's at the corner of Orleans and Superior. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, I've got, we've got your week almost planned. Then Friday, after you've rested up from the party and buying books at uh, Club Lago, Tony's Dime Gallery at 1513 Northwestern Avenue. It is the opening of John's show, which runs deep into April, almost to the end of April. Uh, Tony's parties are, are opening night at his gallery is famous and you have expanded into both gallery spaces right yeah Mm -hmm. how many pieces will you have up i'm gonna have 33 uh in the past i've had more in one room yeah yeah. and uh it it, i think tony's tony said if we're going to use both rooms let's print larger pieces Mm. and let's not over uh expand into having double rows of yeah, don't overstimulate the crowd yeah. yeah i think i think sometimes it it probably was a bit much for folks to walk through and see so much art in, in the space so there's going to be two rooms one of them is going to feature pieces that are more black and white in right, tones right and the other will be the kind of pieces that i've been doing over the years that are more colorful and whimsical Two things for you to do this coming week, ladies and gentlemen. Again, tomorrow, 5.30, Club Lago. Friday, Tony Fitzpatrick's. Again, I should just call it Dime Gallery. I, mentioned, I must have mentioned Tony's name on this radio show and during my so-called radio career 10,000 times. Well, and look, he, you know, he has no ego, so it doesn't... That's true. Yeah, it doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't. Doesn't really. Sorry, Tony. Just a joke. We love you, Tony. We love you. Uh, Listen to some news and come back and and continue this conversation. In my, welcome back, in my story in the Sunday Tribune that some 400,000 of you get and read, see this is a newspaper, hear that, hear that, Uh, is a great picture of Frank Sennett and a story of mine about Frank and his new novel, Shadow State, in the story, I do not give away the plot. One reason is the plot is wonderfully and creatively intricate. You tell people what this book is about then. And I, your hero, the, the hero's great, Rafe. 
Thank tell, you. Tell them, how would you describe this book? And I, I'm, I want you to sell it. Yeah, you. so Rafe Hendricks is um, a uh, former uh, Special Forces guy, Army Ranger, uh, served in Afghanistan with his best friend, woman who became his best friend there, Wyetta Johnson. She goes on to become President of the United States. Uh, there's some biographical details just kind of for fun that I took from, uh, you know, Barack Obama. She's a community organizer. And, uh, anyway, she comes back from Afghanistan. He saves her life. She's an amputee, loses part of one leg, uh, goes on to become president and she makes him the head of her secret service detail. Mm. So, uh, there's a, a the, the the beginning of the novel. He's faced with this impossible choice. Uh, he's uh, protecting the first lady who's speaking at like uh, you know like a Quaker Friends Academy kind of a place right, in school. DC. Yeah, yeah. and uh, his daughter, uh, Rafe's daughter, also goes to school there, and she's in the classroom next door to where the first lady is reading. And um, there's some uh, there's a bomber, a suicide bomber, who's coming in. He's tracking her down this windowed hallway. And they tell him there may be another bomber. Don't take the shot, you know. And so he does, and that's what sets loose a huge tragedy. Uh, he's out of the service. Uh, his family is horribly impacted. <laughs> You'd think, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so uh, he kind of goes to lick his wounds. He's you know he's off the grid basically in Texas, and it turns out somebody who uh, you know uh, doesn't have has some unfinished business with him and the president decides not to let him. Uh, just live live out his life and um, has a, a conspiracy that includes you know uh, recreating these uh, infamous assassinations and pulls him and the president back in and is targeting you know possibly her as well and it's just this cross-country adrenaline fueled a uh, lot of action uh hopefully a lot of fun for readers um as he tries to you know race against the ticking time bomb good. to save the that's president. a good sales pitch don't you think john uh, i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> you should have brought copies in for people to buy Frank. i should have well there, uh, there will be tomorrow so you know the thing about you wrote this book uh while you were you wrote it at home on your dining room table you share with denise schneider and uh your two sort of teenage kids and your new child this was written if you've had a new baby and also shadowed by not only the events of january 6th but also the death of your father yeah so both of those things you can sense them in the book yeah it was grief hung over uh you know the process of writing which i think helped because it helped to take a moment to not be cartoonish you know to schwarzenegger about the you know these people make really horrible choices sometimes and they have really horrible uh, outcomes and there's grief and there's destruction so hopefully that's very human and when january 6th happened when i was drafting the the book it was so sobering and shaking to me that we almost lost our democracy and that kind of white supremacist infiltration of the proud boys into law enforcement just kind of started to infiltrate the book uh, became a big threat in the book and then my dad yeah he had uh, was diagnosed with uh, stage four pancreatic, pancreatic cancer, cancer yeah. and uh, he was the guy who you know all the action movies we would we would swap uh, crime thrillers he was a huge jack reacher fan and um you know huge uh, stallone schwarzenegger all that and we liked the quality kills and you know and everything he uh he turned me on to that as a kid and i wanted to give this to him to read before he died and i didn't quite make it it, it was uh, it's not you, done you you dedicate the book to him and i yeah. think that's a a charming thing john how does real life uh shadow your work 
Hey, well, you work. You work. John has worked for Jam Productions for many, many years. And if you ever get a press release from Jam Productions, please call him because that's what the press releases are for. <laughs> uh, how does it real life shadow what you do when you go out? I mean, it's a very solitary thing when you go out to the beach beaches. Well, I think that it, it that depiction is kind of not how I feel when I'm out there. Because huh. uh, I, I, I think that some folks imagine me being this lonely old guy walking along the beach picking up junk, right? Yeah. And, hey, no, that's not exactly <laughs> how it is. It's very um, flattering. I think that uh, it's, it's more of like a, a meditation. I... I'm allowed to sort of get lost in my head a little bit. I have some music that I listen to that's all instrumental, so I don't really have people's messages and song lyrics in my head. And it allows me to sort of think about things, and uh, it sort of sets the tone for what I'm picking up, what I'm not picking up. What don't you pick up? There are a lot of things that, believe it or not, I do not pick up. And amongst them are dirty socks, men's underwear, french fries, <laughs> dead birds, band-aids, diapers, live crawfish, people's shoes, wigs, mattresses, banana peels. What size mattresses? Oh, like a full-size mattress, uh-huh. just coming in off the lake and landing on the beach. Wow. The, all oh. these things. Keep going. I'm fascinated by this. Uh, fried chicken, a shopping cart, a dumpster, a dead turtle, bikinis, automobile tires, divvy bikes, onions, medical face masks, toilet bowl brushes, Q-tips, Peanut butter, a chain link fence, a Cubs baseball cap, and a Sox baseball cap. I don't pick either one of them up. And the severed head of a full-grown rooster. Wow. That's amongst the things that I don't take off the beach. I I have to say, I heard men's underwear, but I didn't hear women's underwear on the forbidden list. I couldn't read the whole list. It's too long. All right. (laughs) When you find something you 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 told me at one point that you sometimes will your imagination will spark and you will try to think mm. of a not a backstory but wow who lost even if it's something as simple as a who lost this you know gold cigarette lighter mm-hmm. well there's there i do that happens every time. I, I find things, and I, I wonder, how did he get here? Did somebody drop it? Did it fall out of their pocket? Or did they just throw it away? Um, I, the, the common things are the ones that really get me, like toothbrushes. Mm. Who is at the beach eating lunch and then decides, hey, I'm going to brush my teeth now that I've just had lunch? Yeah. And then they finish brushing their teeth and they just throw the toothbrush into the lake like how does that happen and and that question comes across my mind all the time but some of these things as you've told me in the past some of these things are from boats Mm -hmm. 
and do you ever try to make that kind of I think a lot of the a lot of the uh, beach glass comes from boats because you know that folks who are out there on their pleasure boat and they're all drinking beer or coke or whatever they're drinking um, they're probably not saving all the bottles and cans and then putting them in a recycling bin on their yeah, boat yeah, and then yeah, dragging yeah. it off the boat to their car and then driving their car home to recycle the stuff. They just dump it over the side. And it, that eventually either sits down there at the bottom of the lake or it comes back up. Frank Sennett's party is tomorrow at Club Lago at 530. And that's at... Uh Superior and Orleans. Uh, John Soss is beginning the opening night of his show is Friday night at Dime Gallery, 1513 Northwestern Avenue. John, you have a, I will do it after after a little break, your Instagram site and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I want to also ask you guys what, what the process of doing your shows, John, and writing this book, Frank, have taught you about yourselves. We'll be back. Never enough time with these two uh, creative and smart and very pleasant people. Frank Sennett, I'll have to come to his party tomorrow at 530 at Club Lago and meet all of you listeners and Frank's friends. It's at uh, Superior and Orleans. And then I will have to be at Tony Fitzpatrick's Dime Gallery at 1513 Northwestern Avenue on Friday for the opening of John's show. John, people can see you have an Instagram account. I do. What is it? I have uh, both of them are. You can find me either with my name John Sauce S O S S, or with my one of my nicknames, which is Hey Sauce Man, H E Y S O S S M A N, and I I I post something every day, so. You'd be hard-pressed to make it through even a few months if you went to either the Instagram page or the Facebook page, because there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Frank, you are an internet master, <laughs> aren't you? Seriously. Uh, yeah, I'm online these, a lot. You've yeah. had all these internet jobs and all these communication jobs, and Frank has had an amazing media career. I, I think I said in the piece that you, you managed to survive and swim the precarious waters of uh, modern media he was the editor of time out chicago he was an editor at new city and still writes for new city worked for uh, ebert.com a million different things he now has a new job which is in marketing Mm -hmm. and stuff how are you going to promote this book in the internet way yeah so if if people want to find out about the book i am gathering i have some social media but i am gathering everything at frank com. there it's easy to find but i also wanted to mention real briefly sure uh because uh, barbara uh, your next guest has kind of inspired me to, to bring this up and you know hopefully so, i'll get on, get on some a theater list. company no I, I have started uh as as, uh, as 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 somebody over here knows i've started a site called uh, chicago culture authority.com and i'm now reviewing a Again, I'm covering culture. Fantastic. And I, I just put that. up a review of Valette uh, at uh, Looking Glass today. And, uh, you know, I'm basically mostly doing theater right now. But, you know, I'll be calling you to get on some and get to the brawl room pretty soon. All right. Uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Do they still call it that? They don't call it that anymore. Not unless you're over 50. Dating myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when I saw the Ramones there, it was the brawl room. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, so... That's uh, that's something that um, trying to keep the creative juices flowing. It's been it's been just a delight. Um, looking for a, looking for a broadcast outlet, Rick. 
Well, like I own this station. Yes, uh, yeah. please have a show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bob. Bob told me he's like, uh, yeah. No. What, Surat? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's already told uh, me. That. You can have a show as far as I'm concerned, but that's not going to get you a show. Uh, do you two like uh, the self promotional part of of this business? Well, I have spent uh, the last yeah, several. Not promoting yourself, right. though, John. That's just it. I've I've spent the last several decades promoting concerts yep. in Chicago and around the country, and I really know how to do that. But to turn that attention to myself and to, uh, I guess, ask people I know in a business world to uh, cover what I do in my personal life is. It's a little bit tougher for me to go down that road. No question. I know. I know how you feel. I remember the first. It was tough to do that first piece, your debut right. as an artist. You said, Frank, you've already started uh, the next novel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're. I've been process on that, and I keep bothering my. Uh, publisher to put it on the schedule for 2024 really but wow. yeah i mean the self-promotional stuff i love having conversations like this but back in the timeout days i mean what i what i would really love is shining a spotlight on stuff like you know the free theater of belarus that came into the chicago shakes and did uh, and, and goodman and did some of the most amazing theater i've ever seen in my life uh, let alone you know their normal amazing stuff and so it is a i feel a little unworthy you know in the face of some of the things i've seen and experienced in chicago culture some of the concerts I've seen that Jam has put on, but um, hopefully I have a small, you know, a little small stake in the Chicago culture scene, and hopefully people will give take pity on me and give it a read. But yeah, it's it's more fun to talk about other people's stuff. No question, indeed. No, yeah. Same here, same here. The uh, COVID years, any effect? I mean, I know we were all locked up, and you could go out by yourself, John. I'm sure just wander the beach and well the uh, beaches were closed remember Lori closed the oh beaches God, for a while right, yeah. right, that's right and i got uh, i got in, almost Withdrawal. in trouble once because i went anyhow uh you know i have yeah, what, place what are they gonna do to you uh, they just the uh, police <laughs> cruiser came by and hit his siren because he saw me on the beach and i just thought don't you have other things they're perhaps more important to do than scoot me off of a beach what'd they do to you they, I, I acted like I was leaving, and then he drove off, and then I went back. <laughs> but the COVID years for me uh, were, if we're going to call them the COVID years, it's, yeah. it was actually really good for me because I had so much time, and um, I was still working, but not necessarily cranking it out eight hours a day. So yeah. I could spend more time at the beach, more time working on my projects. I wasn't, I didn't have to rush to do anything. You did more writing than usual, did you not? I did, yeah. And you like writing, and you have a great talent for it, the writing I have seen. <clears throat> Thank you, yeah. What are you going to do with that, Ronnie? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could talk about that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> if you stick around till 7. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it with you. I think yeah. there's something there. There's something, Frank, is there not to seeing your name and your work and your words between the covers of a book oh there's nothing to me there's nothing like it yeah. i mean it's such a, a great feeling um and hopefully to have it have it be read i mean that's the thing it's not it's not worth anything unless somebody reads it but uh, so now that it's out there having it out there and having people read it is is meaningful but in terms of the covid times yeah you know my wife denise schneider is the head of comms at the goodman theater and mm -hmm. so 
you know, very keenly felt how treacherous it was for the arts community in Chicago. And, and uh, as soon as they opened the offices back up, though, I was at Cranes at the time, so I would go down every day for the first year or so, you know, after they opened things up. It was me, Jim Kirk, and Greg Hines. Wow. <laughs> shoot a cannon through the office otherwise but poor denise you know she's out and about and you know the people over here in the corner know producing live theater is like a passion you're in all the time with all the people and i had to get out of there just so she would probably wouldn't strangle me you know at some point because it was very tough and they were doing everybody's doing virtual uh broadcasts and and uh you know, it was tough, but I'm so glad that we're through it, and that you know, to the point where there's live theater is back, live music is back. But um, I didn't, I didn't experience it as like a great artistic moment right. because I just right. felt terrible for everybody. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, thank you guys very, very much. This has worked out uh, beyond my expectations. Frank Sennett, the author of Shadow State, the first in a now new series of novels, because Rafe is going to be an ongoing hero, is he not? We hope. That was the one thing I knew when I started the book, that he wasn't going to die, because we need him for book two. That's how the book ends. He'll be back. (laughs) Rafe will be back. He will have a party tomorrow night, starting at 5.30 at Club Lago at the corner of of, uh, Orleans and Superior. John Sauce, whose latest third pick up the pieces of his ongoing on the beach extravaganza artistic extravaganza opening night uh friday uh tony fitzpatrick's dime gallery 1513 north western avenue uh john's on instagram pranks all over the place uh thank you guys thank you no yeah thanks rick my pleasure i'll try to get you a show here John, nice to meet you. You too. No, this is a good medium. I, you know, it's, it's funny that uh, people in the artistic community in Chicago. But John, then again, you haven't considered yourself an artist. Uh, well, I'm sure we've been to many shows at the same time. I have no doubt. Yeah. Don't get arrested. You're still doing it, right? You're still out there. Not every, if not every. I was day. out there this morning. Were you? What'd yeah. You, what'd you find? Well, the one of those I, things is in your pocket. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah personal touch the personal Mm -hmm. touch